Welcome to another episode of DFT's Dungeon. My name is Daniel Terry, and on this week's episode, I want to dig into a band and an album that I've teased for quite a long time now, and I figured if I didn't give a specific Patreon subscriber what he wants, he might just turn into a madman or, you know, a destroyer. So we we can't have that. I'm really sorry about the dad jokes. I've got four kids and I literally can't help it. But before we get into Dreamer proper, I want to get all my podcaster stuff over with. I'm not going to tell you guys anything you don't already know, but if you like this podcast, make sure to hit the subscribe button on whatever app you're using, just so you don't miss any new episodes when they post. And if you enjoy the content that I make every week, make sure to leave a review for the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict or something like that. Or you can always leave me a comment on the Facebook page, which will be linked in the show notes of this episode. And if all else fails, you can email me at dftdungeon at gmail.com and let me know what you think of the show or just ask me any questions that you might have. I love to hear from you guys. And if you're into Discord, the podcast does have a Discord server with a really great community, and I'll have a link to the show notes to that also. Lastly, one of the best things that you guys can do to help me out is to share these episodes with other people who you think will enjoy them, because that really is the lifeblood of growing a podcast. It's not necessarily about algorithms or reviews or download numbers or anything like that it's just people that enjoy it telling other people that they might also enjoy it and with all of that out of the way let's jump into the actual episode I took a business trip this past week to Phoenix, Arizona, and the biggest thing that I struggle with when I travel is deciding what to eat. See, every single region that I go to has some kind of food that they're famous for, right? And for some reason, I always find myself picking something that is familiar to me instead of branching out. And I think maybe it's because of homesickness or the fact that being too far away from home just tends to disorient me a little bit. So instead of going to that cool Mexican place or that local seafood broil place, instead I'll go to something like Jack in the Box or Taco Bell. I'm not above traveling half a continent away just to sit down and eat at Burger King. A sure thing is comforting, and it can be especially true with music. I can sit here all day and tell you that I love and appreciate complex and boundary-pushing music, but... If I'm being honest, I listen to a lot more safe music than I do progressive music. And that isn't a slight to haste the day in any sense. I appreciate that this is a band that I'm always going to revisit and get exactly the experience out of it that I wanted to. So many bands get labeled as generic and mediocre just because they aren't in like the top 1% when it comes to like pushing a genre forward. And I think sometimes there's value in just being really good and delivering a consistent experience and playing into your strengths. And Haste the Day is brilliant at that. 
And it's in that spirit that I'm going to do the thing that I always say that I'm not going to do. I'm going to go through Dreamer track by track and give a short analysis on each song and maybe even a little bit of personal history. And I'll warn you ahead of time, I don't have some big life story attached to it necessarily. You know, I didn't get a job promotion or win a million dollars with some timeless advice that I learned from Dreamer. But that's not to say the Dreamer doesn't have good life advice. And it's also a damn fine record to talk about, so I'm going to talk about it. I first got into Haste the Day when I got a notification that Solid State Records had signed a new band back in, I want to say, late 2003 or early 2004. I listened to this song called Substance that I found on an MP3 website, and I was immediately interested in hearing more from this band. Back then, the first thing that caught me, obviously, was the vocals. Their singer at the time, Jimmy Ryan, had a voice that was, in the words of some random Jesus Freak hideout reviewer, like old Zayo, even though it's it, it's more like current Zayo, right? Do they even get it? Oh, trust me, they get it. Of course, Jimmy delivers a very similar snarl to bands like Zayo or Mortal Treason. And if I haven't been clear enough throughout the whole seven years I've been podcasting, this is my absolute favorite style of heavy vocals. And, you know, the, the, the band was pretty good too. I mean, they had heavy hardcore riffs with some like melodic flourishes, but beyond the screaming vocals being my preference, I'd say the most interesting thing about Haste Today in 2004 was the sheer variety of different vocal styles that they used. They had snarling, growling, crowd chanting, and smooth as butter, hard rock style clean singing. And while maybe that's not a very novel concept 20 years later, like I said in my Demon Hunter episode, there weren't a lot of bands at that time who were combining that metalcore sound with more mainstream style singing. So bands like this were super interesting because of those dynamics. And shortly after I heard about them, Solid State Records wasted no time in releasing the band's first album, Burning Bridges. And this was everything that I liked about that one song I heard, but like way better. And the rest is history, right? Haste the Day became a really popular band in this growing Christian metalcore community. Burning Bridges and When Everything Falls are about as nostalgic as it gets if you were 17 or 18 in 2004. In 2005 though, I, like a lot of Haste the Day fans, was pretty disappointed to hear that Jimmy Ryan, their lead singer, was quitting the band to do other things. One of those things I talked about in the first episode of this season. And I was bummed out though, because his vocals were like a huge selling point for me personally. And it wasn't very long though, before they found a new vocalist in Stephen Keach, and they jumped right into the studio to record 2007's Pressure the Hinges. And I remember hearing Steven's vocals on Pressure the Hinges, and while he didn't sound like Jimmy at all, he sounded fucking great. And I had a very strong, like, oh man, this is gonna be okay kind of moment whenever I heard it. And it was refreshing to see the band not really slow down or miss a beat. Pressure the Hinges is another great record, and it definitely deserves its own episode someday. 
But all three Haste the Day albums up to this point in their career were just straight-up catchy metalcore albums. I remember reading a review where somebody was like, yes, Haste the Day is like the vanilla ice cream of Christian metalcore. And I fully believe that they did a lot to innovate the idea that a band with growling, screaming vocals could succeed in popular music. I think also that during that time period of around like 2006 to 2008 for me, even though I'd really started getting into a lot of different kinds of music, I probably wouldn't have been super like obvious that I was a Haste the Day fan, but I still found myself listening to Pressure the Hinges pretty much all the time. And it was because, like I said before, it was a sure thing. It was this perfect blend of bitterness and sugary sweet. It didn't have to be super high quality. It just had to taste good. And it tasted great. Or in this case, you know, sounded great. So I was over the moon when Dreamer came out. And I bought it knowing exactly what I was going to get. And I was not disappointed. The band wastes zero time by opening up the album with what is, in my opinion, the best song on the album. And it was also the first song that they teased on their MySpace profile before the album came out. And the first time I heard it on these like crappy gateway computer speakers, the song still blew me away. There's not really a lot of buildup. The song just kind of starts with Steven screaming, I am the one you will call the destroyer. The messenger of my disgrace. I am my own disease. And Steven sounds more angry and aggressive than he did on Pressure the Hinges. And this slightly darker tone for Haste the Day was exactly what I wanted. The aggression was just dialed up to 11 on this one. And the song continues to beat you into submission in this fashion until those familiar, buttery, smooth, clean chorus vocals kick in. And we're off to feel good land for just a few seconds. And the song repeats this pattern over with a bridge before jumping into the absolute apex of the song, which is a devastating breakdown where Steven screams, We will fall to ruin if we don't bury disguises that we've made. And the song just hits like a sack of bricks, musically and lyrically. It's definitely more self-depreciating than I'm used to with Haste Today, and I think the song is about self-sabotage. Trying your best to improve and succeed, but tripping up on how much failure is involved with that process. And trust me, I get it. Like, last year I went on and on about how I quit drinking and I lost a ton of weight. And, you know, I, I did stop drinking. It's It's been two years now, which is crazy. But the weight loss thing is actually a lot harder for me somehow. I lost a ton of weight, but I'll be honest with you guys, I probably gained more than half of it back. I've got tons of excuses I can make about how I had to eat bad because I was on a work trip or the meal was free or it'd be rude not to accept it or, you know, literally how our entire fucking society is based around people sitting down and eating meals together. But I was sitting in my hotel room in Phoenix last week drinking a strawberry milkshake and listening to this album getting ready for the episode and I felt personally called out. You attacked me, Stephen Keish. And I needed it. 
sometimes you need to be reminded that that kind of self-sabotage will only lead to further suffering. And boy, oh boy, is Haste the Day ready to remind us of that on this album. Madman kicks in next and keeps the pace fast with this mixture of screams and clean singing from Steven. And something I don't know if I've mentioned before, but on most of Haste the Day's choruses, the guys singing on this album and everything before were actually Devin and Brennan Chalk. Steven sounds different than they do, and so you can always tell who's singing at any given time, which I think is a really cool touch. And there's another great breakdown in this song with Screams chanting, I am the clone, I dwell in silence. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, the lyrics on this song are so damn cryptic and probably so personal to the author that I've never been able to make heads or tails of it, which might actually be the point. Because after having a conversation with a Patreon subscriber and Haste the Day superfan himself, Kyle Stratcat Stratton, I think that Madman is about letting insecurity with your own failings kind of warp and corrupt your sense of reality. You see these things that are blatantly wrong with you, and instead of working through them, you internalize them to the point where your constant battle to seem good or normal to the outside world really looks more like the ravings of a lunatic or, you know, a madman. And that struggle to keep it together continues in the next song. Up next is Haunting, with a chorus chanting, We are the captives. We are diseased. We know that one day we will be free. And you would only know that if you looked in the actual liner notes of the real CD, which I have here in front of me, because if you go on like AZ lyrics or whatever, they're going to tell you the lyrics are, We are the captives. We are deceased, which, um, you know, doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, right? If we're, if we're already deceased, then, you know, album's over. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> You know, this song has great riffs, tons of vocal interplay, and an incredibly strong chorus is really what carries this song to the finish line. And this is the first song on this album that doesn't focus around a big breakdown, but it doesn't really need it. It's a really great show of restraint in a genre that critics will usually describe as gimmicky. And I really like the lyrics on this one, and bear with me because I could be wrong here, but the song sounds like it's about a person who is in a position of authority or maybe like newly appointed into a position of authority. And they're constantly being scrutinized by the people that they have authority over while simultaneously having doubts about their own leadership ability. And I was recently promoted to a leadership position in my job. And I almost always have that same fear that somebody's going to see me stumble or mess up in some way. 
and then turn around and use it against me. Probably because probably I have trust issues. But because like I know for a fact that I'm still figuring out what I'm doing in that role. And I'm always worried that somebody's going to see that hesitation, that nervousness, and expose me for it. And I think that's where the whole dirt under my fingernails part comes from. You know, and when he says, you got what you wanted, so just go. It just makes me think that maybe somebody saw a moment of his weakness and is now running off to tell everyone else. That haunting fear of what will come next is pretty much the essence of this song. And what is, in fact, coming next is the song Resolve. And this is where the album takes a more positive turn. We're instantly served up with what I think is the catchiest riff so far on this album. carries the song all the way through. I'm always kind of waiting for it to circle back around. The song stays upbeat, melodic, and it has this really stellar chorus. And while you can tell at this point that the band has a formula going, it's a successful one. I mean, it works. Like, I'm still feeling really good. Also, it's kind of the same formula the band's been using on the last three albums, so, I mean, really no surprises there. And this song also serves up one of the first really positive uh, resolutions on the album. It describes a lot of what the album has already discussed. Feelings of self-sabotage, feelings of uncertainty, a lack of faith in your own abilities. But like any good Christian metalcore band, they encourage us to have faith that everything will turn out right in the end, no matter how intimidating things may seem. The chorus reads, touch your hands to water, place them on the fire, have faith, the flame will lose its strength. Just touch your hands to water. And sometimes it's better to face the things that we're afraid of head on because if we just choose to hide from them, then they will continue to haunt us forever. Even if it hurts to face it, it's better than suffering forever. So remember everything I said earlier about how the band has a formula and they stick to it and that's okay and blah, blah, blah. Well, forget all that. Because An Adult Tree is a very different song for Haste the Day. And it really stands out on this album in the best way possible. And this is going to derail a little bit, but just bear with me. Let's get the musical part out of the way first. An Adult Tree starts off slow with these creepy lines of so cold, your icy fingers around my neck. You offer this rotten apple, begging me to taste and see. I take just one bite. And by the end of it, he's he's actually screaming the words. And this song follows a slower pace and has this really dreamy quality to it. Clearly, they're going for like a fairy tale vibe with this song. And I think it succeeds as well as a metalcore band can succeed in trying to do like a Snow White thing. I mean, and they really went all in on that theme. Have I mentioned the artwork on this CD? The artwork is just like pictures of trees for you know the song autumn at the end which we'll get into later as well as like these rotten apples shaped like skulls with these big fat worms crawling in and out of it i mean it's it's kind of gross and uh i mean I, I haven't had apple cider in like a week but yeah 
it's a slower paced song with a lot of really great trade-offs like desperate screams creepy clean singing and these haunting background vocals The lyrics on the surface level seem to spell it out. It's a song about doing bad things, self-destructive activities that even though we're aware that they're killing us, for some reason we still ultimately decide to take a huge bite out of that poisoned apple that is our sins. And again, Stephen Keish, I feel personally attacked. And so should all of you guys listening because he's right. Like I was talking about with something as stupid as weight loss, I'm fully aware of what I'm supposed to do. It worked once, and it'll work again if I can just resist the temptation of instant gratification. And food is kind of a vanilla example. We all know what the other temptations are. Sex, alcohol, drug abuse, prescribed or illegal. It's generally understood that these things are not good for us, but like fucking slugs, we will slowly crawl right into the belly of the beast because we see a shiny prize sitting in its open mouth and we just have to have it. I watched a lot of YouTube last week in my hotel room as I'm, you know, not much of a go out and see the local sites kind of guy, but I sat my fat self down on a comfy couch and I door dashed a full ass pizza and a couple of milkshakes and sat there. And I started watching this documentary about a YouTuber named Boogie2988, who is this famous YouTuber who has like 4.5 million subscribers. And the documentary was about how he'd recently fallen on hard times and was essentially broke. He was trapped in his house with a house payment and all of these like medical bills. And the documentary sort of follows him through his day to day and shows him spending money on unnecessary things. and kind of still living the lifestyle of a person who has money when he doesn't really have money. And it becomes really apparent over time that he's not willing to change anything about himself, but he is willing to complain about it constantly. And he's famous for being morbidly obese and has been making content for well over a decade now. I mean, there are hundreds of videos of this guy being real with people and talking about all the trauma that he's been through and how he wants to improve himself and his situation. Now, he knows he needs to lose the weight and get healthy and how he needs to be more responsible with his money. But after years and years of talking about what he needs to do, his viewership has declined considerably. And so is his income. And what he unwittingly did was tell the whole world about all the problems he's had and how he wanted to fix them. But over the years, that audience that he had saw him intentionally repeat these destructive behaviors over and over again. But then he continues to beg them for help week after week, asking them for money, you know, and basically just trying to get everyone to feel sorry for him. And as I was watching it, I felt this creepy, cold shiver start going up my back. And at some point, I just had this terrifying realization that in my failing to take care of myself 
and try to actually improve, I'm kind of doing the exact same thing. You know, I come on this podcast every week and I tell you guys about all the bad things that have happened to me in my life and the lessons that I've learned from them. But it's a terrifying parallel. I'm the last person I would have suspected, but I was looking for me all the time. And I honestly had trouble sleeping for the rest of the night because I think that is the lesson that this song and really this whole album is trying to teach us. Until we can learn to deny ourselves enough to escape from an endless cycle of self-destruction, eventually nobody is going to have sympathy for us and nobody's going to want to help. I mean, mistakes happen, but endless justification for that kind of behavior will eventually lead to nobody being in your corner. And the truth is, is that every single day we have a chance to change the path that we're on. Every action is a chance to start walking in the right direction. Don't let the temptations of this planet distract you from trying to improve it. And I think the song Babylon up next really ties nicely into that theme because this whole album has been building up to this moment of impending destruction. And that destruction is the song Babylon. This is by far the heaviest and most disgusting moment on this album. The song beats you over the head with crushing riffs and a particularly acidic vocal delivery from Stephen Keish. The song goes on like this for a full minute before the chorus kicks in and then after that brief respite, it goes right back to the slaughter. And I realize this may not be like the heaviest song that you guys have ever heard, but for Haste the Day, it's one of their most visceral. And lyrically, it's just as visceral as Keish opens up with the screams, foresee the day of the Lord, the heavens blacken above them. The day will bring no light, for I will shake the heavens. And considering the band's Christian faith, the message is really clear. The season that you are given to live your life in the best way that you can is over. Judgment has come. The times run out. It's over. But beyond just the religious context, in light of what we just talked about with an adult tree, this is the result of our fa- Oh my god, sorry. I Okay, an adult tree. Oh my god, I'm so stupid. The reality is, I'm an idiot. Anyway, this is the result of our failure to turn things around, be that our health, money, or life situation. This is the heart attack that comes when you run out of time. This is the liver failure. This is the scars of a lifelong addiction. This is the home foreclosure, the eviction, and I, th I think you guys get it. It's harsh and it sucks, but sometimes that period of judgment seems so far away that we fool ourselves into thinking that we have more time than we have. My favorite line from this song is in the chorus where they sing, pick up the pieces as they fall. Our sins won't carry our burdens, so will you leave them behind? While I've been held behind these walls, will I be left or forgotten? Up next we have Invoke Reform, which used to be the first song that I would play on repeat on this album. I just loved it. And the opening riff is catchy, and I like the way Steven screams so desperately at the start, cold in a panic, keep me away from this. In this damp air, there is ignorance in bliss. Have you ever seen when the stars go out and it blackens the scenery.
The only thing I don't like about this song is the painfully short guitar solo, which, you know, what we got was nice, but I, I, I wouldn't have been upset to hear like a few more solos on this album, but that's a minor gripe. At first, I thought that this song was just sort of repeating themes from the earlier songs on the album. Although I'll admit I have really no idea what order these songs were actually written in. I mean, all we really have to go off of is the sequencing of the physical disc. But the song talks about being in such a panic of impending destruction that the narrator is paralyzed with fear. So paralyzed that he decided to give up instead of trying to prevent it, which is sadly relatable. Because I'm sure at some point in this episode with me talking about how every day is a new chance and we only have so much time, you must have been thinking, well, yeah, buddy, that's easier said than done. It's not like we're not trying out here. And I am very sensitive to the fact that fear of a bad outcome can be petrifying. I don't truly think that people who are stuck in their situations don't want things to improve. I think it's just that sort of helpless feeling that things are never going to change. But I think on the flip side, this song is saying that sometimes we have to go through some pretty rough situations before it clicks in our brains what we actually need to do to improve. It's kind of hard to think carefully when you're terrified, and I think this song captures that really well. Up next is Sons of a Fallen Nation, and with this song, I will somewhat accuse the band of repeating themes, but I'll get into that in a minute. This is another song that just kind of starts, and it's another great song with a smooth chorus. Which is funny, because I read a review on Spucknik Music this week where the reviewer said that the songs on this album weren't as memorable, or like weren't memorable at all after hearing them like one time. And I totally disagree. I think that these are some of the catchiest choruses in Haste the Day's entire catalog. The song is again about bad decisions leading to destruction, which I think has been pretty well drilled into our heads by track eight on this record. But I think there's a little bit more nuance to it this time around. This song is about the struggle with trying to follow a less destructive path, but also being annoyed by how many obstacles there actually are and how thankful the narrator is to God for always being able to turn them back to the right path again. He says, I'm so tired of always letting you down, but you offer to turn it around. And later he says, I'm so sick of the desire to throw it away. And I think that's pretty valid. Sometimes it can feel like no matter how hard we try, there's always something. And it can easily feel like we aren't making any progress even when we are. Slithers in next and is a slow, dreary, kind of haunting song. And I wouldn't say it's a favorite song as the lyrics mainly deal with the same sort of thing we've been talking about this whole episode. The song describes a labyrinth of lost souls ensnared and stuck 
because of the idea that they can never be free because of their sins. And the song is even kind enough to point out that you will fail because your friends have all failed as well. And, and, and they might be dead. You and your friends are dead. Game over. Porcelain's up next, and I'm convinced that they wrote this song as an album closer because it's one of their most epic songs. Not so heavy on the breakdowns and like your standard metalcore wankery, but it's more of a slower, deliberate song. And I've been bitching about repeated lyrical themes on the last couple of tracks, and while I think that they still do that to a certain degree on Porcelain, they go at it from a completely different angle. The songs we've heard before this point have been tackling themes of self-sabotage and the struggle that comes with trying to change and not reverting back to old self-destructive ways, but they've more or less been told from a first-person perspective. On Porcelain, they flip the perspective to the point of view of somebody trying to help or save another person who's also struggling with these things. The song describes a person who is shunned by everyone around her and has been publicly outed as a villain as she has returned to her own self-destruction and has given up on fighting it. But our narrator refuses to give up on her and sees hope for her total transformation even in her final moments. It's a really emotional song and it ends the album on a positive note and reinforces the fact that as long as we are still alive, we can always turn it around. Finally, we have the song Autumn, which is an acoustic rendition of an old Haste of the Day song from their EP, That They May Know You. And I'll be honest, I don't really have a lot to say about it. Personally, the original version of Autumn from the EP was the first version I ever heard and it's really hard to shake a first impression. The version on Dreamer is still as emotionally moving as the original, but I still prefer the original because that song builds up towards the end and incorporates some screaming into the mix, and the original version has an emotional apex that the acoustic version doesn't. That said, I think that the version on Dreamer is really good and still an effective album closer. Because really, any version of Autumn is successful at combining that feeling of sadness with a glimmer of hope. And that's pretty much the whole album. I don't usually like doing track-by-track -track breakdowns of albums because, well, I mean, they're, they're a lot of work and I have to like sit there and think a lot, which is really hard and kind of makes my head hurt. But this album has always been really special to me since I bought it in 2008. I remember feeling personally called out by some of the lyrics even back then. I used to have this personal banker job and I had a really hard time buckling down and like actually doing my paperwork and so it would like pile up and pile up and pile up and I'd like hide it in desk drawers and stuff and even though I knew that I was in the wrong, I just kind of kept not doing the work even though I was simultaneously terrified that I was eventually going to get fired for it. I didn't. I actually got fired for something else, but I didn't know that at the time. But like they talk about in Sons of a Fallen Nation, all these years later, it still blows me away that no matter how much I overcame in the past, 
there's always something else that I'm struggling with. But I can appreciate an album that uncompromisingly encourages you to be better in all things. I think that message resonates with anyone, whether you believe the same things the band believes or not. On the music side, this is really where I felt that Haste the Day had fully embraced their potential in creating heavy but accessible music that could be enjoyed by new and old listeners alike. The biggest complaint that accessible music gets from critics is that there's this perceived lack of substance, but as I hope I've demonstrated in this episode, Haste the Day is certainly not lacking in substance. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of DFT's Dungeon. Like I said in the intro, my name is Daniel Terry. If this is your first episode and you liked it, make sure to check out some of my other episodes too. I think you're going to find something that you'll like. For you longtime listeners though, me and Buddy are currently discussing what albums we want to talk about for the seasonal Buddy episode. So stay tuned for that. Thank you guys so much for supporting what I do. And I'll see you all next week. <laughs>